Good morning. Welcome to all those that are joining us for Likud HaLochas. We're continuing in Yoridea, Chelek Aleph, Hilchas Ribis, Halacha Hei, Paragraph Nun. Rav Nosnazal is going to begin a new subtopic called Hilchas Ksoyves Kaka regarding a person making a tattoo on their flesh, permanent inscription on the body. We dedicate the learning today, Leiloi Nishmas, Shapsi Rabbi Sochar Doiv, whose yard site is on the 28th of Cheshvan, Leiloi Nishmas Chaim David Rabbi Ezer Pinchas, also on the 28th, Ganesa Bas Rabbi Yosef, whose yard site is on the 28th, Rabbi David Rabbi Moshe, whose yard site is on the 29th of Cheshvan, and Menachem ben Zalman, Zalman Gershon Halevi, whose yard site is on the 29th. We want to also take the opportunity to wish a happy birthday to our close friend Peretz Rubel, whose birthday is today on the 27th of Cheshvan. And we dedicate the learning also for a complete refuah shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Hanna Basgalia, Jonas Ben Hilda, Edith Bas Mariam Brindel, Shimon Eliezer Ben Rochel, Eitan Yoel Ben Edna, Tuvia Tzvi Ben Chaya Aliza, Yuspendel Bas Gitaleya, Saurochel Bas Yuspendel, Avion Bas Yuspendel, Saurale Bas Chavalipa, Hillel Ben Rocha Nachoma, Gitiganendel Bas Sipoira, Besoch Sharchid Israel. Paragraph Nun. Vizeb Chinas Isruk Soibes Kaka. Based on what we've been learning till now, we'll be able to understand why the Torah forbids us to inscribe any tattoo, any permanent inscription on the body. Ki Haksav Ubishvil Ho Emes Velidchois Hasheker. When a person writes something down, one of the reasons they're writing it is in order to establish the truth and to eliminate any untruth. Meaning, in a situation where there's a question as to whether somebody is going to change the truth, somebody's going to lie about something put it in writing in order that the, the liar will not be able to change the truth and, and say a lie. Aval be'emes, neged horamai v'hashakron gam ksav However, the truth is, if you're dealing with a real liar, even writing things down isn't going to help. As we see in actual life, Sometimes people write a contract, they make a contract between them. And if a person is dishonest, if a person is a liar, they'll, they'll, they'll be able to twist the words of the contract sometimes. Because a real liar, person who's completely dishonest, will be able to change things 10 times over even if, even if they gave it to you in writing. 
because they'll come up with arguments, false arguments, and all kinds of shrewd things. That this is what it really means, even though it says such and such in the contract and the document, it doesn't really mean that, it means something else. This is what the Pasuk is referring to in Tehillim when it says, Asher Piem Diber Shav, their mouths speak falsely, and their right hand is a right hand of lies. What's the right hand? The right hand here refers to a person's writing. Generally, a person writes with their right hand. That not only do they speak falsely, but even when they write something down, they can still lie about it. And therefore, the most important thing is to have a person who's really trustworthy and sincere. You can only deal with that kind of a person, whether it's dealing in business, or if you're dealing in Torah, if you're trying to speak about a person being a real religious person, a righteous person, you have to make sure you're dealing with somebody who's really honest and sincere. Because the real source of emes is in the heart. That a person should not fool themselves. As the Pasuk says, a person who is honest, even in their heart. And as, 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 the, as is written in the Gemara in Sanhedrin, a person's heart really knows if the person is sincere, being sincere, or they're planning all kinds of tricks. And this is why our Torah was given both in writing and orally. These two, writing and orally, represent emes, truth, and emuna, faith. The written Torah represents the concept of emes, as the Pasuk says, kosuv yoisher divrei emes. A, a clear, something written clearly, words of truth. Avalafal pikein, mitore shebechsav levad, ein yecholon leida amitas ha However, from the written Torah alone, we cannot know what the Torah really means, what its true intentions are. Because in the written Torah, it doesn't really explain and clarify the details of any of the mitzvahs. And therefore, we would not know how to put on tefillin or how to perform other mitzvahs without the oral Torah, without the Gemara. In, in the written Torah, it doesn't say that tefillin should be leather, black, straps, four parashiyos. It doesn't go into that detail at all. 
That's only in the Gemara. Shehi bechinas emuna. It's only through the Torah Shabal Peh, which, re, which re, represents emuna, faith. Bebechinas oidia emunascha befi. As the Pasuk says in Tehillim, I inform you of my faith with my mouth. Hainu emunas chachonim. And this is referring especially to faith in our rabbis. We have to believe and trust the true rabbis of the Gemara, of the Shulchan Aruch, based on how they explained to us the laws of the Torah and the path of the Torah. Because the real, the, the connection to the truth, to the mistaken truth, from which all the liars, all the false people draw from, as, as it says in the Gemara, that any lie, any falseness or lie that doesn't start off with some kind of a truth will not be established, will not be accepted. The main connection of this sheker to emes is a connection to the written Torah. And as we explained earlier, something is written down in order to establish the truth. So the people will not be able to change the truth. Since everything was put in writing. However, unfortunately, it's from the written Torah that all different types of sheker evolve. Because those that want make certain changes. And they say different types of interpretations and explanations of the written Torah based on what they want, what they want the Torah to say. And therefore, those non-Jews that, that accept the Torah, they only accept the written Torah, the, what they call the Old Testament. And it's from there that evolves their false religions, their false ideas. Since they detach the written Torah from the oral Torah, they don't believe in the true wise people, who are the rabbis of the Gemara, who really explained and clarified the Torah to us, the real truth of the Torah. Therefore, these other people, these non-Jews, or these other people who don't accept the Gemara, they don't accept the Halacha, they interpret the Torah the way they want. And they reveal faces of the Torah 
that don't conform to halacha in any way. They come up with totally different interpretations. And this will explain why in these secular courts, they insist that everything must be in writing. If it's not, they don't accept any testimony or any statements that are oral, not from one of the litigants or the, or the judge. Everything has to be put in writing. And supposedly this is all in order to establish the truth. That nobody should be able to, to deviate from, from the real truth. However, Rav Zal says, as he mentioned earlier in previous shirim here, that this is an this is an emes that's too much emes. Shemishom and it's from this type of emes that sheker is able to evolve, and sheker is able to be attached itself to. The chasheroyim b'chush, as we see in actual life, she'achrei shemarbim b'ksovim, that after these judges and these people put everything in writing, the chol hadiburim nechtovim, everything gets written down, afal pikein, despite that, heimaleim sheker, they're full of lies and falseness. They, they twist and turn things around ten times. And they interpret the written law. They interpret it however they want to interpret it. All of this is very well known. You have cases, court cases. There was recently, in recent years, a Jew, a religious Jew by the name of Rubashkin, who was prosecuted by a certain judge in a certain part of the United States that, that simply wanted to destroy him, wanted to destroy his business, etc. And, and even though there's, there's books written about this, about the trial and the judgment and everything, and how even though the lawyers were able to bring clear, clear proofs from previous court cases and everything, that, that this person should be either innocent, or if there's any prosecution, it should be very, very light. And instead, because the judge was out to get him, the judge twisted and perverted everything, everything, all kinds of different ways. Because the real truth is one, not a lot of truth, not, not, not all kinds of different variations and versions. Because the most important thing is for a judge to come up with a real, true judgment as we discussed earlier, and that's given over to the heart of a person. Hashem, 
who knows exactly what's in a person's heart, Hashem knows, which person's intentions are really sincere. Whereas sometimes you have a lot of writings, a lot of writings, and, and with all of that, you can't really clarify what the real truth is. Other but just the opposite. Mishom achizas hasheker. It's from there that sheker is able to attach itself. In the chat, a question, could we clarify what it means that there's too much emes? Does it mean there's different versions of emes? The answer is Rav Nassim here is giving an example regarding the court system. The way the court system works sometimes is that whenever a court gives out a judgment, they document it, they put it in writing, and that can be used as a reference by later judges or later lawyers or prosecutors to be able to bring proof <coughs> from a judgment that was handed down by a previous judge in a similar type of case, and the decision was such and such, so that proves that in the case we're dealing with now, the judgment should also be the same. And supposedly everything is writing, they're bringing proofs and proofs, and with all the proofs, we see, unfortunately, that the, the secular court system, unfortunately, is very, very lacking in truth. And very often the truth gets perverted in all kinds of different directions. That's, that's the example he's referring to here of too much MS, supposedly. And here again, sometimes you'll have a liar, a cheat, a person who's involved in fraud, and they won't hesitate to put things in writing to prepare a contract, a detailed contract. That's this rebuyemis, a big detail that supposedly everything, put everything in writing. And with everything in writing, if a person is dealing with a thief, a person who's a thief and, and a shrewd type of businessman sometimes, that this shrewd type of businessman will, will find a loophole, find a way to use this truth to twist it and pervert it to have it serve their purposes. Any other questions, please? Good morning. Rabnosan, please clarify that the, the root of this sheker is with the separation of Torah Torah I wasn't clear on how that that evolved. The, the answer is because in the, in the Torah Shabbat, things are not spelled out in the kind of detail as in the Torah Shabbat. So that, for example, we have the conservative movement and the reform movement who quote the Bible. They quote the Bible and they tell people that they are the, the, the true proper interpretation of the Bible, that kind of thing. When in fact, we see that their interpretation differs drastically from the interpretation of our rabbis, of the Chachamim in the Gemara, in the Halacha, that kind of thing. So he's using that as an example to tell us that this is the source, this is of where Sheker begins, both within, uh, in the non-Jewish world how they interpret, supposedly some of them believe in the Old Testament. And we see that with their faith in the Old Testament, they're, they're living lives that don't 
don't conform whatsoever to what Hashem's intention was in the old, in the Chumash, and certainly not in the Gemara. That, that's non-Jews. And even among the Jewish nation, those people who don't accept the authority of the rabbis, of the Gemara and the Halacha, some of them will quote the Bible, you know, respect the parents, that if a parent wants you to come on Saturday and, and, and eat non-kosher, etc., etc., it's clearly written in the Bible. The Bible makes it perfectly clear to respect, pay, you know, to, to conform. That be you know, different examples of things like that. Thank you, Ramosa. People who will interpret Shabbos as a day of rest, and therefore, if the shul is is far from your home, of course, though the Torah doesn't want you to walk. That's that's not called resting. Of course, that the Torah would prefer that you you drive to the synagogue, Hasvashalim, you know, etc. Paragraph Nun Aleph. This was all an introduction. Now, Rav Nosenzal is going to apply this to writing, putting writing on one's body. Based on what we're learning here, we'll understand why the Torah forbids us to inscribe anything on our flesh, to write anything into our flesh as was the custom of the Amoiroim, the Amorites who lived in Eretz Yisrael, those seven nations who inhabited Eretz Yisrael before the Jewish people, they used to put tattoos in their flesh. They would inscribe things related to their faith, their, their different religions, they would inscribe it in their body. And the purpose of this was all to strengthen, to reinforce their mistaken truths. To show that they are so loyal and devoted to their faith, to their religions, to the point where they inscribe different messages regarding their religion in their body through these tattoos. But the truth is, this is the real falseness and fakeness of them. Because their connection, their attachment is to writing, the writing specifically, which is known to be associated with the the lowest one of the four worlds. And that's where the Sitrachra, the forces of Tumah, the Klippos, have the strongest hold in the Olam Bipsorom, And therefore, these people engrave this writing in their flesh. Because the main association of the, of the sheker, of this world, the falseness of this world, is in the flesh of the body. That's where all these sinful desires and materialistic desires 
are, are, are attached to Bechinas, as the Zohar HaKadosh says, Nochosh Shultanose Albisra, the snake tries to rule over a person's flesh, over the body. And the Torah shows us in the beginning, in the story with Adam and Hava, that the greatest liar, the most shrewd one who's giving over false information was the Nachash, who engaged Chava in conversation by, and started off by saying, weren't you told not that you're not allowed to partake from any of the trees here? And he lied. He knew that that wasn't what they were told. He did that just to engage her in conversation. And then he went ahead and said, and weren't you told? And he got her to mistakenly say that, that, that uh, he got her to, to agree to the fact that you're not allowed to eat from this tree and you're not allowed to touch the tree, which Hashem never said. And then by pushing her into the tree, you see, nothing happened. You touch the tree, nothing happened. So if you eat from it also, nothing's going to happen. This was all lies and lies. And all the lies and falseness in the world originates from that snake. As the Torah says, the nochash, the snake, was the most shrewd individual of all the different animals. He's the one who fooled, who tricked Adam and Chava and all subsequent generations. And the main place where the snake is able to, to have power is over our flesh. Meaning over our bodies, the flesh of the body. Sheshom kol hatayvos. That's where all the physical, materialistic desires express themselves in the body. Shemates adam bekamoramos, whereby he tricks the person with all kinds of trickery. Umahape hasheker leemes, and he twists the truth as as he twists lies to to make it appear as if that's the truth. Vaho emes lesheker. And, he, and he, he twists the truth to make it seem as if what's really true, that's what's false. And all of this is because of the physical desires of the person. Because the person wants something that might be wrong, that might be forbidden, that person twists the truth to the point where the person says, no, this is the truth. You're allowed to do this. This is, this is 100% right. This is good for a person. There are people, Jews, who come from religious families who take drugs and, and they say you're allowed to and they bring psukim in the Torah. It says, you should be happy. And there's no question at all that smoking this, this drug, this makes me happy. When I don't do this, I'm not happy. This makes so this is mamish. It's a mitzvah in the Torah. The chamavur leelmizekzas, as Rav Nosson discussed this a little bit earlier in paragraph Lamedalid. The alkein osrolanu atorah kolzeh, and this is why the Torah forbid us 
to do any of this type of thing, any tattooing, any inscription, any permanent inscription in our flesh. It's forbidden for us to inscribe any type of letters or pictures on our flesh. Because that's the source. It's from there that falseness originates, which comes from too much emes. Here again, these people who are being too religious. It says in the Torah, I'm supposed to be happy. So if this is what makes me happy, or if stealing something makes me happy, doing something illegal, breaking Shabbos, if that makes me happy, of course, Hashem, will, of course it's the right thing. And one example of this is putting something in writing, as we said earlier, that which, which supposedly that establishes the truth. And these people want to carve out the truth in writing on their body. Said the truth will be engraved in their body. And, in, and, and the, the truth is that all of their ideas and everything are all false. Because just the opposite, as we explained earlier, very often from what's written, from the written document, comes forth all kinds of sheker. You'd think once it's put in writing, there's no chance of anybody misinterpreting it. And we see in real life that that's not the case at all. Because the real truth has to be engraved and inscribed in a person's heart. As the Torah says, inscribe the words of the Torah on the tablets of your heart. Not to inscribe it, not to put tattoos on your hands or feet or on your your chest, on your torso, on the outside. This is an example of too much emes. Again, Hashem tells us to write the truth on parchment. Write a sefer write it on parchment. And, and these people say, no, 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 a piece of paper parchment can be torn. I want to write it on my body. So there it's permanent. This is the essence of, of falseness and lies. And this is what the Gemara refers to in Saita, when the Gemara says, which the rabbis mentioned, there the Gemara puts, presents different examples of people conducting themselves with a false piety. A person who walks in the street taking small steps, small steps as if they're a pious religious person, when in actuality the person's a total fake, a thief, a liar, etc. And the Gemara gives several examples of this. A person, a person who, who supposedly doesn't want to look 
He doesn't want to look at women at all. And if a woman is drowning, he's not going to save her because he, he doesn't want to damage his eyes. This is the essence of falseness, fake falseness. Because Rabbi Nosanal says, the truth is one, not many truths. And again, here he's referring to those people who want to say, those people, let's say, who are, who are uh, declaring you know, different versions of Judaism, conservative, reform, reconstructionist, all these other, other kind of things. And, and they say that, you know, of course, there are orthodox people. There is an interpretation by the orthodox, but there are many different interpretations could be interpreted. And their interpretation is obviously an ancient one, one that doesn't really apply to us today. But, and, and we're the ones who are presenting the, the proper, the, the real true interpretation that, that can benefit mankind. And, and the main thing upon which truth really depends on is what's inside a person's heart. That a person shouldn't fool themselves into thinking that, that they want it, that they're true and everything when, when they're not. As we say in our tefillah every morning during Karbonis, but right before Karbonis, a person should always have respect for Hashem, both in private and when they're in public. And to admit to the truth, the doiver emes and and speak the truth inside their heart, not not fake it all, not in their heart. They have different desires and different things that they want. And because of these wrong, sinful desires that they have in their heart, they're going to twist the words, that tr- the Torah, they're going to twist the truth in order to conform with what they want to do. And the most important thing regarding this is, by the person nullifying themselves for real, as we say in the davening over there that we just quoted earlier, what are we? What is our life? What is our kindness? We, we, we're not Hashem, and we are not the greatest of tzaddikim who are qualified to understand and interpret the Torah by ourselves. Because the majority of our actions are very lacking. Because it's only by a person nullifying themselves and knowing where they're really at, knowing how qualified we really are to interpret the Torah on our own. When a person nullifies themselves, really nullifies themselves to the true Chachamim, and the person is not including, in, in trying to interpret the Torah, they're not including any personal desires or any personal benefit.
but rather they're searching for the real truth. Whether it's going to be convenient or easy for them, or whether it's going to be not so convenient or not so easy. Rav Zal here is obviously addressing what was going on during his time. During his time is when the reform movement had started in Germany and was spreading, was spreading to Eastern Europe also, and was taking an incredible toll on some innocent Jews sometimes who weren't knowledgeable. And you get the right type of orator, the right type of person who seems intelligent and seems religious, seems like a, you know, a godly type of person. And those people were presenting an alternate religion, twisting the Torah, you know, to suit their personal needs. Nelson, to the, the idea of the, the issue of engraving on one's body, in other words, even that, please correct me here, even that could be, it is permitted as a mitzvah in the case of an oispris, but yet only with a sanction of, of Hashem and the Torah, and they've taken it to another level, is that correct? Exactly, exactly. There are people who will say, I'll show, prove it to you, it's in the Torah, it's in the Torah. Paragraph Nunbeis, Hilchis Loyil Bash Gever Simlasisha. says, with this, we're going to understand another important point in the Torah, another mitzvah, whereby a man is not allowed to wear women's clothing, and a woman is not allowed to wear clothing that's attributed specifically to a man. Paragraph Nunbeis, Vezer Bechinas Loyil Kli Gever Alisha, Loyil Bash Gever Simlasisha that a, a woman is not allowed to dress in clothing and garments that are, that are appropriate for a man, and vice versa. Because as we learned earlier in this halacha, male and female, man and woman, correspond to emes and emuna. According to Kabbalah, the man is emes, emes is Tiferes, the sphere of Tiferes, Titain Emes Liakoi, which is Tiferes, which is Zerampin, which is the male. And Emuna is Malchus. Emuna is Malchus, which is the female. And men and women have to be very careful not to switch their, their garments or their kalim. Men wearing earrings and, and other jewelry that, that was uh, associ associated with women. It's women's type of jewelry and vice versa. Women wanting to wear pants and women wanting to wear clothing that was attributed, that was known to be clothing specifically for men. So that a person shouldn't stumble it went into the, the strange woman, the illicit woman, which is the term that's associated with false beliefs. In, in Mishle, when it speaks about true faith in Hashem versus all types of false beliefs, it compares it to the woman of valor, is called the true belief, the Ashes Chayo, the pure woman, and Isha Zorah, the, the illicit woman, is, is re, 
represents these false beliefs and, and atheism, all kinds of atheism and denial of the true faith. Because truth also is, is a term used to refer to intelligence. An intelligent person understands the truth of what's going on or what something is all about. Faith is something which cannot be proven, cannot be explained necessarily with intellect. However, true faith is dependent, real, real faith is dependent on truth. As the Zohar Kodesh says, Tzedek, Kadis Chabris Be'emes, becomes Emuna. When you attack, when you take Tzedek and attach it to Emes, then it becomes Emuna. So Emuna requires Emes. A prerequisite temun is emes. Kimi shechofetz beemes lamitoi, who maven bemit srichen lahamen, because a person who is searching for the real truth, that person will realize and understand whom to believe. Avoni shematis atzmai, whereas a person who fools themselves, the koruch achar havle hoylam, and the person is deeply involved. In the, in the nonsense of this world, in the foolishness of this world, in all kinds of Tivus Royce and Midas Royce. And this person has ulterior motives of respect or money or other materialistic desires that are important to them. A very, they consider those things most important, that people should respect them or they should be able to, to earn money and, and engage in the tithes of this world, that person twists and perverts the proper order. And here again, Rav Nassim is talking about the machloikas, the opposition that he faced during his lifetime, where there were people, supposed, supposedly religious people, supposedly chassidim, who are interested in serving Hashem. And, and really their, their main interests were kavoid and money. When they went to their rabbis, if the rabbi showed him respect, if the rabbi gave him an honor, a respectable position or honor, that's how the rabbi bought them. And, and, and they would listen to what the rabbi said, even if it didn't make sense, even if it didn't really conform with what, what the Torah teaches us. Because the truth is, the truth is about religion, that whatever a person can understand, a person has an obligation to work at it, to study, and to try to understand it as clearly and as best as possible. And that which a person cannot understand we have to be able to rely on faith as Rabbi Nizal discusses this in chapter 62 in the Kutim this is the concept of emes and emuna in religion 
but the most important thing is that when we're talking about MS, it should be a real MS, not a fake, not a phony MS, that a person's making believe as if they're standing for the truth. We, we gave the example, you know, with Khrushchev that I mentioned, when he was the head of the Soviet Union and he came to the United Nations and people knew that this person is a liar and their, their government is lying to the people and oppressing people and enslaving people in all types of illegal, wrong, sinful, disgusting types of ways. And, and when people were, were, were laughing at some of the things he was saying, he took off his shoe and started banging on the podium and said, we, we the Soviet Union, we stand for truth. We stand for peace. And if we have to destroy half the world or three quarters of the world, there'll be peace. And, and, and what kind of, it, it, did this person really care about peace? Was this person being honest whatsoever? And Rav Nassim says, everything I'm trying to say here, it's impossible to really express it clearly in writing and not even verbally. Because the real truth and faith is dependent on what each and every single person has in their heart, as the Zohar HaKadosh says. Rav says, as I heard clearly from Rabbein Azal, it depends on what the person's intentions really are how sincere the person really is. Whereas those people who deviate from the truth because they're caught up in the foolishness of this world, because they've gotten sucked into the taivas, the, the desires of this world, they turn things upside down. And and where there's a need to understand what's going on, there they twist it and turn it, that they say, no, we have faith. An example, there are people who see certain people, an example that Rabbein Azal gave, certain people davening late. They, they're davening shachris in the afternoon or at night, doing things like that. And, and people will say, no, no, I, I believe he's a tzaddik, I believe he's, he's allowed to, he can do that. There they'll apply faith. And in other situations where a person cannot really understand, understand, rationalize, there they insist, no, 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 prove it to me. I want you to explain it to me. I want you to prove it to me. And this is what the Torah is referring to when it says that a woman is not allowed to wear the clothing of a man. Meaning that where the, where the conduct of a woman is required, where the clothing of a woman, where emuna is required, 
Don't try to apply the clothing of a man. Don't, don't try to apply the MS over there, the Chines Das. Don't try to rationalize over there. Don't try to understand it over there. The person shouldn't cross boundaries and try to understand certain things that the Torah or the Tzadikim tell us we cannot understand. Certain paradoxes. And, and the opposite side, a man is not that aware a woman's clothing. In those places where a person can understand the truth, that's the concept of the male, the man. As the Pesach says, Gird your sword on your thigh, you powerful one who have real beauty. And your beauty will succeed your writing on words of truth, and righteousness. And again, this is referring to the man. The men were the ones who carried the swords and weapons. It was inappropriate for a woman to put on a sword or a woman to wear a, a, a gun. This pasuk we just quoted is referring to the true Talmud Chacham, who is battling the battles of the Torah, and is clarifying and interpreting the words of the Torah really properly, as, as we find in the Gemara, in the Shulchan Aruch, in the Halacha, whereby Rashi explains over there, that Pasuk that we just quoted from Tehillim, that it's referring to the, the battle, the sword there, the weapons are referring to the battle of, of Torah, the battle for truth. And, and it's it's through this that the man is called Gever, a man. And the Torah forbid the man, the one who's supposed to represent truth, the one who's supposed to represent knowledge, clear knowledge of Torah, he's not allowed to dress in woman's clothing, Shubachinas Emuna, that in places where things can be understood clearly, not to try to say, no, 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 I, I believe, I, I believe, I have faith. Because in those places where it's possible to clarify the truth using intellect, intelligence, we have to clarify the truth using the methods, the paths, the formulas of the Torah. And not to twist the truth and to twist an authentic interpretation and understanding of the Torah and lie by using a fake, a phony kind of emuna. And Rav Nassau says, all of this we can't really explain completely. And therefore, it's only a person who's really searching for the real truth. 
and isn't fooling themselves, will be able to understand based on what they feel in their heart, where the true das is, that a person can rely on. Since we see that these tzaddikim are revealing such an incredible, true intellect. And in those areas where we cannot understand, the person must nullify their, put aside their intellect to the tzaddik and be willing and able to rely on faith in those circumstances. But not to turn this upside down, to reject and despise the true knowledge, the true seichel of, of the Torah and of life, and, and to put his thinking aside when it comes to foolishness, where we don't see any true seichel over there. Rav Nosenzal here again is speaking out of deep pain that he had seeing what, what he went through, that there was a rabbi or sometimes multiple rabbis who spoke against Rabbeinu Zal, who spoke against Rav Nosenzal and, and persecuted the Breslau Hasidim in an incredible, incredible ways. And, and a lot of it, most of it was based on pure baloney, pure sheker, sheker. One time Rav Nosenzal Rabbi Nizal told Rab Nosenzal and Rab Naftali Zal to go to Berditsha for a Shabbos. And they went there and they found that the Shpala Zeda was there that Shabbos. And, and they, were, they, they made sure to be sitting together with Rab Levi Yitzchak whenever the Shpala Zeda was there and spoke. And at one point, Rab Levi Yitzchak Berditsha asked them, is it true that your Rebbe advocates drinking a cup of whiskey, a good cup of whiskey before davening? And Rabbi Naftali Zal grabbed Rabbi Levi Yitzchak by his lapel. And he said, you too? Are you, are you saying such an absurd, ridiculous thing, accusing our Rabbi of something when he's the exact opposite? And he said, no, 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 I didn't say I believe it. I'm saying, I'm asking, this is what people are saying. V'Hashem Elikim Emes. Now Rabbi Naftali Zal closes with a tefillah. This long halacha, which we've been learning the past month or so, or two months, several months, Rav Nasanzal concludes, Vashem alikim emes, yoireho emes, veyitain emes liyakoiv, veyoreinu bederecho emes lamitoi kol yume chayenu loilam, amen v'amen. Hashem, who is the truth, should teach us the truth and give the truth to the Jewish people, and, and lead us and guide us in the real, true path throughout our entire lives, eternally. Amen, the amen. Any questions, please? A question in the chat. In the contemporary world, it's accepted that a truly honest person would have to be an agnostic because we can't really know and understand anything. Could we explain why exactly it's wrong? The answer is exactly what we're learning here. Those people are saying that if I, I don't see it 
And if I can't explain it, if I can't rationalize it, it cannot be true. And they don't know that even though I can't see Hashem, and there are certain things about Hashem that I cannot understand, that's where Emuna kicks in. That's where my faith kicks in. That just because I can't see Hashem, and just because there are certain things that I can't understand, I believe. I believe in Hashem, you know. Whereas those things that we can understand, that taking drugs and, and a woman trying to make believe she's a man or a man making believe he's a woman, all of this kind of stupid, idiotic nonsense, that they're willing to go for, that, that they profess, that they're presenting as the, the real ideology, the real way the world should conduct itself. And we see the unbelievable ridiculous insanity that they're promoting, you know, and what it's what it's doing to people, how it's destroying people totally in, in the most weird, ridiculous, absurd ways, worse than anything that we've seen in previous generations. Wishing everybody a wonderful day. We should be zerche to, to, to really pray very hard to plead with Hashem, to be zerche not to fool ourselves, and to be zerched to the truth. And this is a, a lifelong quest, searching for the truth regarding, regarding myself, regarding everything, and to make sure that I'm not fooling myself in any way, that I'm not letting other things cloud my vision. There are, there are people, again, who, if being truthful, if, if there are many people in the world or people supposedly who are res world, respected in the world, if they denounce religion, if they denounce orthodoxy, if they do denounce Breslau, the person isn't willing to, to undergo that, those insults, having these supposedly respectable people look down upon them in any way, that kind of thing. Should be zerched that our, our quest for the truth should be real and sincere, and Hashem should have Rachmanus on us. And, and steer us away from all the different varieties of Sheker in this world and, and the different varieties of Emes that are not Emes Lamitoi, that aren't a real pure truth. To see the Gula Shlema, the coming of the, the Isho Emes, Moshe Atzikeno, Ben Herab Yameinu, Amen, Amen.